All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. One thing I did notice is I was... Um, driving to Chalmette, the traffic allowed me to take a look to my left, and I noticed the Great Wall of Chalmette, which was there for the Mist to go. And I thought about how I had interviewed Jimmy Pullman. Um, oh man, how Katrina was 2005. That's 17 years ago, so it had to be five years before that, maybe 22 years ago, um, or so about the Mr. Go. And it suddenly strikes me this morning as we welcome in Michael Hopkins. Coast and Community Program Director for the Pontchartrain Conservancy. How? First of all, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning. How are you? I'm well. It, it, I just suddenly realized how many people there may be that might know of Mr. Go, but don't know how for years before Katrina, so many people were advocating for its closure, and it took Katrina for the Corps to finally realize that they – they made a mistake. So can we take a step back? And for people that aren't aware of it or roaring around, um, man, I can't believe how quickly time passes. But just tell us the story of the Mississippi River Golf Outlet, a.k.a. Mr. Go. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, the Mr. Go was um, authorized to um, to provide a shorter route from, from New Orleans to the Gulf of Mexico. So rather than having to go down the, the river, you know, twists and turns, um, you would just take a straight shot down the Mr. Go. Um, and it was authorized in the 1950s, and it was completed by the 1960s. Um, and it, it did provide a shorter route to the city. Um, however, it, it actually never was utilized um, the way that it was intended. Uh, it wasn't utilized by a lot of shipping interests. Um, they still utilize the river mainly, so... Um, and it, it did cause a lot of environmental damage. Um, it lo- allowed salt water to intrude much, much further inland than would naturally have occurred otherwise. And so you had a situation where all of the Pontchartrain Basin, including Lake Pontchartrain, Lake Maurepas, all of the marshes and swamps in between, um, they were getting hit with higher salinities. And it doesn't take much for some of these swamps and, and marshes to feel the effects of salt water, you know, it just takes a few parts per thousand in some cases and um, they, they suffer. And that, what, that is exactly what had happened after Mr. Go opened. Um, and, and that occurred all before Katrina. So Katrina happens and what, tell me the story of what happened when Katrina hit and the role that Mr. Go had in the damage. Right. So um, a shipping channel, obviously, is a straight shot from, yeah. you know, basically the interior of the city to open water. And what it did is it allowed uh, surge to funnel directly into the city. There was no wall there at the time, so it was just an open channel. And surge came in to the intercoastal waterway and into the industrial canal, and it basically caused the overtopping of the levees, uh, the flood walls along the industrial canal in the Ninth Ward. Um, and that is when basically um, it said this, this has to close. You know, this this poses too big of a threat to the entire city. Um, and it, it took that wake up call for that to happen. And so um, 
in addition to the environmental damage, um, you know, Katrina just kind of gave the last little prod for them to um, to authorize the closure. And so basically that happened in two parts. The first part was to, you know, stop the environmental damage kind of in its tracks by building a rock dam um, down near Hopedale across the, um, the Bayou Lelucha Ridge, which, you know, would have formed a natural um, hydraulic or hydrological barrier to saltwater intrusion by building the rock dam there, it sort of did mimic that natural balance. And then the second closure came uh, a little later with the actual surge barrier. So that that is the actual flood protection component. Um, and the rock dam is more of the, the environmental component. So it's one thing to make a big, giant mistake. It's one thing to be warned that you're making a big, giant mistake. It's another thing to make a big, giant mistake that was never used, that did nothing but hurt people. Um, but it's another thing to fix it up or to, to, to um, I guess, compensate people for the damage that was done, compensate the environment, if you will. What is in the plans? Uh, what is in the, in the, in the tea leaves? What's, what's planned? I guess I should ask. You'd be the easier way to say it, right. Michael, um, to, to yes, restore the wetlands and undo what that tragic mistake did. Right, so that is that is a long story in and of itself, but um, we got time. The, the I want to hear it. <laughs> no, I want to hear it. Yeah, I do, really, Michael. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so after Katrina, basically, and you know, we knew that we had such a, you know, such a mess in our hands. Um, Congress authorized the Corps of Engineers to study what would it take to repair that damage, and the result was a study that came out, I believe, in 2012, and it was the MRGO restoration plan. That's basically what it's called. Um, and that is the, the the overall plan of what it would take to restore and, and sort of stop further damage. Um, and that plan in 2012 was roughly, uh, I think the number I saw on the, the Army Corps' website was around $3 billion to implement the entire plan. And that's in 2012, so I'm, I'm assuming it's even more now. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the, the funding was never provided. Um, typically with, with projects like this, um, if they are authorized, the federal government will say we will pay a percentage and a non-federal entity will pay the remaining portion. And that can be the state, that can be a parish, it can be even a municipality if they have the money. Um, and so that's the way things have been left until um, this new congressional spending plan. So word of the Water Resources Development Act of 2022 is essentially the the two-year plan for the Army Corps of Engineers um, water projects. So this is flood protection, navigation. It's everything that the Army Corps will do. Um, What 2022 does is it now places the the funding requirement on the federal government. So it it, it eliminates the cost-share requirement. So now what this does is it says, okay, the federal government is now responsible for these projects totally. And so that is a huge, huge win for Louisiana in terms of now we don't have to we don't have to also chip in money for these projects. They're now fully funded federally. So is there still litigation pending or not? That's what confuses me. Uh, in regards to what? Well, I, I don't understand it because I see this NOLA.com article in the end. It says um, when the money for the project could be approved, um, Ricky Boyette said he would not comment on pending legislation. Are, is there still legislation pending about the damage that Mr. Go did? 
or not. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I, I don't... Not quite sure what that's referring to. I know the word of the the, the act that I was just referring to. Mm-hmm. The language had been released. Um, however, it's not been voted on. So it, and that, in that way, I think maybe pending is what you're referring to. Uh, maybe that's it, because the, the state filed the lawsuit saying that the federal government should um, foot the whole bill. So I guess what I'm asking is that's this legislation would overrule that or rend, rend that moot? Basically, I mean, okay. yeah, if, if the language that's currently, you know, that was released, if that language, which I don't see any reason why I wouldn't, but if it's there when the act passes, then there's no need for a lawsuit. That's that's what I would think as well. I was just curious. All right, let me take a break. We'll pick it up here with those, uh, what it could look like in terms of restoring the coast. Where How do you even begin to undo what the Mr. Go did? Michael Hopkins is our guest. Later on this hour, we'll talk to Gary Graves, U.S. Congressman. Michael's the Coast and Community Program Director for the Pontchartrain Conservancy. More with him when we return. Questions or comments, 504-260-1870. I will say on a personal note, that uh, I can remember talking to Jimmy Pullman. He was in a different uh, position at that time, but everybody was saying, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen, and nobody listened to him, and then Katrina happened, and they were proven right. 917, back in a flash, WWL. 924, talking to Michael Hopkins, Coast and Community Program Director for the Pontchartrain Conservancy, about the damage that the Mississippi River Gulf outlet caused about a new bill, the Werder Act. Is that it of 2022? Correct, WERDA. WERDA, W-R-D-A, Water Resources. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah, Water Resources Development Act. All right, so the money has yet to be allocated, or is it spent out in the bill, uh, spelled out rather, where it's going to be spent? Where are we at as far as that goes? Well, so it's still uh, it still hasn't passed yet, as far as I'm aware. But the the vote was supposed to happen last week, I believe, and it was delayed. Um, so I'm not quite sure. Well, when we'll exactly find out because we'll talk to Gary Graves at 9:40. But I guess what I'm wondering from the Conservancy's standpoint, you know, you come over that Paris Road Bridge and and you realize how what appears to be land on a map really isn't, and and how little uh, protection we have how do you even begin to go about undoing what the mr go did yes i mean you have to kind of start where you know what what was it like before the mr go was there you know you kind of have to work with with what what's in the natural environment you know i mentioned earlier about the bayou ridge that's still a prominent landscape feature uh down there mm-hmm. and it, it still acts as a, a natural hyd- hydrological barrier to saltwater intrusion and so that's kind of where you know you want to start with it's just an example of you want to start with what's on the map first um but yes between you know Bayou and where the surge barrier is now you know that's that's the biggest area in the the restoration plan is for you know tens of thousands of acres of fresh marsh um Tens of, uh, about 10,000 acres of cypress swamp, um, and then you have shoreline protection. You have bank stabilization so that the, the, the channel doesn't get any bigger uh, over time. 
and so that that's where you want to you want to start targeting um, on the landscape. And how do you, how do you go about creating that? Oh, I mean, you you have to you know if you want to create a marsh, obviously you need you need the sediment first. So, so we're you, dredging, you or what are we doing? Or yeah, you would have to dredge it. You okay. would have to dredge it. I mean, in that location, you'd have to find um, sources to dredge it. Do you guys have mapped this out in terms of plans, or are you not that far yet? Well, there's a plan on paper. I mean, there there's the the project. The projects have been identified in terms of like what would be needed to kind of restore what was lost. Um, but as far as like planting, you know, that comes along a little bit further when when the project actually gets funded for um, engineering and design. So that's the stage at which you would identify sources of sediment potentially for dredging to actually build a, a marsh creation site. So that's a little bit further along. Do you know what those sources of dredging would be? And I only ask because we've been uh, very focused on um, Neptune Pass, on the Mid-Barataria Sediment Diversion that's proposed. And I'm just wondering, you know, there was a dredging argument there. I just wonder where would you where would you begin to dredge? Where would you pump it from? Um, I don't know if you could have any kind of diversion. I don't think from looking at the map that would be possible, but I don't really know what the hell I'm looking at, so you can tell me. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think a diversion would be the answer for that. But, I mean, you can identify sources. I mean, we, you know, you can dredge from uh, Lake Bourne. Or, you know, you can identify sites like that. That would be um, prime locations for getting sediment. So dredging would be the only way in this situation, correct or not? Uh, I mean, I can't say for sure if it's the only way. I I, I don't know what would go into uh, an engineering and design um, for a project like that. But dredging is probably top of mind. I got you. So where do we go from here, I guess, is the next question, Michael. What happens next for people that live in that area and are wondering and concerned? Uh, well, uh, this this bill, once this bill gets through, um, that will authorize the Army Corps to um, get these projects off the ground, you know, and everyone's voices matter in these kinds of things because, you know, they need to know where these projects matter the most and, and, and yeah, just make your voices heard. How long would it take to undo something like this or, or to put it back to where it was? Is it possible to do that with the other erosion problems that uh, uh, we face? Um, I mean, to bring it back to where it was in the 1960s, before Mr. probably Go, not. Yeah. <laughs> before Mr. Go, probably not. But I think we should try to aim to get as close to it as possible. You know, that that's what matters the most is getting it as much in, as to where it was as possible. All right. Thank you. Any final thoughts, Michael? Um, yeah, I mean, if just uh, just make your voices heard on these kinds of matters. You know, um, these projects are important. They serve a valuable purpose for you know not just humans, but um, you know they're important. They're important for wildlife species too. You know, our um, matters for every. It matters for everyone and everything. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Michael Hopkins, the Coast and Community Program Director for the Pontchartrain Conservancy. We'll talk to Garrett Graves in the next half hour, U.S. Congressman, to get the latest on where the Werder Bill stands and what maybe restoration would look like and some plans for that. 9.30 coming up. Time for traffic here on WWL. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.